0: Call for Action presents Of Consuming Interest, a public service show that discusses scams, deceptive offers, and other consumer concerns. Here's the director of WJLA 7 Call for Action and your host, Shirley Rooker.
1: Are you cyber secure? Do you even know what it means? Well, I know that I I know a little bit. I would like to think that I protect myself when I'm online, but do I really? When I'm using my cell phone, what do I need to know? Well, these are some of the things that we're going to discuss today. My guest is Kelvin Coleman. He's the executive director of the National Cybersecurity Awareness Alliance. Kelvin, welcome to Of Consuming Interest.
0: It's really great to be with you.
1: Now, this is an interesting subject because you were telling me before we went on the air the penetration of devices that we have in the American, well, in the population in general. Would you tell, share that with our listeners?
0: Absolutely, I think there's no surprise of the explosion of smart devices, particularly as we look at the Internet of Things. Um, and the Internet of Things being uh, devices that are connected uh, to, you know, your personal being or professional being, and, and connected to the Internet. Think about a smart home if your security system or even appliances are connected. Uh, surely we even know that today's bathroom. Uh, can be technically uh, connected in terms of having a smart toothbrush, having a smart weighing scale, having a smart sink, even having a smart toilet, and I'm not making that up. Um, and so this explosion of the Internet of Things devices um, is just going to continue. Uh, five years ago, uh, we had about 15 billion connected devices uh, today is around 20 billion connected devices, and in about five years, uh, that number is going to be around 65 billion connected uh, connected devices uh, with the Internet of Things. And so, and it's no surprise, right? You know, everyone is uh, connected in some way uh, to uh, the Internet of Things. And even if you think about your car, that's probably one of the most technical. Uh, technology-driven uh, things that you own if you've recently bought and purchased a car.
1: Okay, so let's... First off, you mentioned the Internet of Things. I know that's a terminology that's, that's used around here a lot, but would you explain, is that different than just the Internet?
0: <laughs> Somewhat. So the Internet is the vehicle, right? But Internet of Things uh, is where you have uh, a system of sort of interrelated computing devices, right? Okay. Um, Just think about, again, you know, your smartphone that can control, um, you know, various aspects of your home, various aspects of the office, uh, you know, being able to interface with, um, you know, your car even. Um, And so the Internet of Things is about this interrelated uh, of computing devices.
1: Are you talking about computers as well, smartphones, tablets, all of that?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay.
1: Yeah. I have I confess to having 5 of those gadgets. <laughs> okay. And I'm below the national average. <laughs> you,
0: you you are slightly by some estimates uh, Americans own about 6 devices. Um yeah. Wow. And and of course, you know, you, you when you think about the number of things that you deal with uh, on a daily basis, probably not difficult to get to that number. And in fact, Um, I'm speaking with you, you know, I'm at uh, at an event in Seattle right now, and just speaking with you here, I'm looking at four devices myself that I'm (laughs) sitting with,
1: (laughs) you know. You're not not Uh, supporting the economy enough, Kevin, you've (laughs) got to get busy here. Um,
0: Yeah, I'm I'm below, I'm I'm below average right now, Um, now but yeah, when you think about those things.
1: You work with uh, corporations primarily, right? you're you're the people your your coalition uh your alliance is corporations telecommunication companies manufacturers the people who have um, the the commercial side of this business but you're out there educating everyone about how to use the devices would that be an accurate statement
0: uh, that's very accurate and in fact we do work with uh, the private sector obviously we have 20 20- uh, eight, you know, very well-known companies, brands, uh, world-leading brands that empower us, right, empower, you know, the National Cybersecurity Alliance to build very strong public-private partnerships, right? And surely these partnerships are meant to create and implement broad-reaching education and awareness efforts to to empower users at home, as you stated, but also at work and in school um, and, and empower them with the information they need to keep themselves uh, and their families safe, right? Keep their sensitive information safe and secure online. And we also have partners on the government side. You think about the cybersecurity and uh, infrastructure Security Agency. Uh, that's the agency at the Department of Homeland Security that's responsible for civilian cybersecurity. Uh, we have a very robust partnership with them as well because you cannot, uh, you know, tackle this issue uh, without having some force multipliers and people uh to to you know team with uh, I'll leave you with this quote at least with this question uh, you know Michael Jordan one of my favorite athletes you know he was quoted as saying you know individuals win games but teams win championships oh. and I think that's our mentality at NCSA right we want to build uh we want championships so we're building teams and partnerships Uh, that work for the American people.
1: Gotcha. Uh, That makes a lot of sense because you can do more collectively as as you can as an individual. Well, let's talk about some of the efforts that you all are doing, focusing on the individual, as well as uh, I think you and I uh, discussed before we went on the air that you're also very interested in small businesses, their security online. And, you know, it kind of blows your mind when you think about the exposure that we have When we start talking about smartphones, smart toothbrush, I'd never heard of that one. Yes. That one got me uh, right there. What is it? Sending messages to my dentist that I'm not brushing all the time?
0: Well, if if you... yeah. Well, it it often works like a Fitbit, right? Sort of sending vital information. How many steps did you take? Not with the toothbrush, but sort of how long you brushed and where you brushed and maybe you know what you're using. Yeah, it's it's, it's fascinating. It really is.
1: Well, and then the the big the bigger concern is then what happens. If that information isn't secure, what happens if the Mm. company isn't Mm. protecting me? What happens if they're using that information in ways that I don't like? And so that to me, I think, is the question that a lot of consumers are asking. And that's not a simple question um, to answer. So where do you start as a consumer to have some control over all of this information that's being collected about you?
0: So you you said it best, I think, when you said um, that's not an easy question, and certainly no easy answer to it. As a consumer, though, there are some very low-hanging fruit things that you can do to help protect your information. Uh, One is being very aware of your security settings on your devices. Um, You know, all of these devices allow you to set security, be it, you know, password or uh, username. Uh, certainly you can set your privacy settings, meaning, uh, you know, many of these d- devices come with a default privacy settings at a minimum level, right? And so you can go in and manipulate your privacy settings to have it at the maximum level that where you're only sharing what you want, particularly when it comes to social media sites. Let's just, take a, let's just
1: take a brief pause right here to, <clears throat> <clears throat> to let our listeners know that they're tuned in to Of Consuming Interest. And uh, I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is Kelvin Coleman. He's the executive director of the National Cybersecurity Awareness Alliance. And we're talking about cybersecurity, which is so important to all of us. So, okay, you were talking about the privacy settings on your phone. Do people do that? Do they really do that?
0: They do. They do, absolutely. And, and I think that's the most encouraging thing about what we do. Once people are aware Uh, they generally make changes, and we've seen that. Now, it's hard to track behavioral changes, you know, just because it is by the nature of it. But we absolutely have seen the needle move once people are made aware uh, of these things. In fact, one of our primary portfolios within the National Cybersecurity Alliance is uh, something we lead called Data Privacy Day. And uh, Data Privacy Day is an international effort, Shirley, to empower individuals and encourage businesses to respect privacy and to safeguard data and to enable trust. Um, And so, yeah, privacy is a huge deal for us, and we try to treat it with the seriousness that it deserves.
1: Okay. So we start with our smartphones, and we make sure that we have the privacy settings that we're comfortable with. Um, We can also control what kind of um, apps have access to our phones, for example, like whether or not you give them access to all the, the information on your phone. I have to confess that I don't. I usually turn off all those things. I just got a new sure. phone. I've been busy doing all that. Uh, so I'm kind of a privacy nut in some ways. Um, maybe because I've seen some of the awful things that can happen to people when, when they're not careful because I run a consumer organization and we deal with some of the fallout. But going back to the things that we can do proactively, okay, so we look at our devices, they're in our hand. Now, what about when we take those devices and get out on the Internet, what are some of the, the pitfalls? What do we need to look for?
0: Well, one of the things you need to do is make sure you're um, tapped into or connected to a reliable uh, router, right, or server. Meaning, you know how you go out and you can get a, you know, the free Wi-Fi right. at your local coffee shop or uh, the library. Um, generally speaking, you do not want to uh, access those Wi-Fi uh, vehicles because you know they're pretty vulnerable to. Uh, to an attack and, and from somebody mapping what you're doing. And so what we encourage people to do is if you have to use a free Wi-Fi at the airport or at a coffee shop to make sure you're not transmitting uh, personal, personal identifiable information or you know important information that could lead back to you, uh, you know, certainly looking through your newspaper or Some website to, you know, get the latest scores or something is is probably okay. Uh, But you don't want to use those free Wi-Fi areas uh, to, again, send sensitive information. So when you're out and about, that's one way uh, to do it. The other way is to make sure you have, um, you know, a lock on your phone, on your smartphone, uh, you know, a a passcode. And here's why. Uh, Shirley, good old-fashioned um pickpocketing, right? <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Absolutely. Uh, if someone yeah, someone takes your phone and, and you know, you don't have that passcode on there, guess what? You literally just gave them the keys to some very sensitive information and we all keep sensitive information and on And you our just phones gave away all
1: your friends' information as contact That's members ex- as well.
0: Exactly right. That's exactly right. It is a community effort. So to your point, it's not just impacting you. It's impacting your family. It's impacting your friends. And so it's just incumbent upon us to, um, uh, you know, make sure that we have that passcode on there uh, to protect ourselves. And, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only one who's misplaced uh, his smartphone before. Um, And, you know, when you do that, uh, obviously the inconvenience of not having your phone and things of that nature. But I do have a measure of comfort that, there's a passcode, so no, you can't get in it. You got to be very, very smart to get into my phone because it uh, will re-
1: erase itself if you if something erroneous is put in there a number of times, right?
0: Well, you, you can It'll lock itself down for sure. Yeah, Absolutely. that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, if you, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: So, <clears throat> okay. So the bigger thing we start out with what we do personally, then uh, and and using websites. I mean, using uh, Wi-Fi spots. So. I have always been very cautious about the the Wi-Fi, open Wi-Fi spots, because I was afraid they could actually hack into your phone. Is that not possible? I mean, they could get data if you're transmitting it. Can can they only get data that's being transmitted? In other words, if I go online to my bank account, for example, is that the only kind of data they're going to get what's being transmitted over the Internet? Or can they actually get into my phone?
0: So a lot of the first, right, being able to map and kind of see what you're doing at that particular time. Uh, And and certainly you have to be sophisticated on the back end to do the latter, right, in terms of, you know, being able to really get into uh, um, the phone. But some
1: of these hackers are really sophisticated. I mean, I'm amazed at how people are able to break through security barriers that you would think would stop them, but they don't. and it's amazing. Yeah, it's scary. It, it, there's
0: some really some really bright bad actors out there to your point mm-hmm. who um, you know, they make their living by getting information. Yep. And sometimes we we make it way too easy for them to do that. Um, you know, I was talking to a colleague on a podcast earlier today, and she said, you know, uh, the the bad actors are making a business proposition as well. How much time, how much effort, mm-hmm. how much, uh, you know, result will I get from this? How and, easy and is it
1: to steal all that stuff?
0: How, that that's such a better way to say it. <laughs> how easy is it? <laughs> very, very easy yeah. in
1: some yeah. cases, I'm afraid. So what are some of the other uh, ways you look at security? So we, we're keeping our devices secure, Visiting websites, having uh, different kinds of protections on our computers, for example, on our phones. That's going to screen out websites that we visit. Um, are those some of the steps that we should take?
0: Yes. In addition to there, there are probably a couple more. There are several more, but one more I'd like to mention. We're so uh, you know big into our social media these days, and being careful what what information you share on social media. Uh, because we know bad actors only need you know a few pieces of information to put a, a much larger puzzle together uh, to you know uh, come into somebody's life or their identity, um, opening up uh, fraudulent accounts uh, going into present accounts. And so what you share um, is very important. You know We often tell people to our to the earlier point we were making, uh, you go into your apps and disable location finder, right? Many right, I do.
1: I've done all that. that, Kelvin. Tell me about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, and and the idea is for convenience, right? So if you have your coffee shop. You know app and you're roaming it's gonna pop up. hey, your favorite coffee shop is around the corner without you necessarily searching for it. Mm-hmm. That's super convenient, uh, but it also opens the door for other things that you may not want uh, to be known and so we ask people or 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 suggest at least that people disable those location finders. um I generally maybe keep mine open for weather uh, mm-hmm. but even then i'm switching off when I don't yep. need it anymore. I
1: keep my, uh, I, I, I've done all that. Let's just take a brief pause here, uh, Kelvin. Fascinating subject, by the way. And let everybody know you're listening to Of Consuming Interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is Kelvin Coleman. He's the executive director of the National Cybersecurity Awareness Alliance. And we're talking about some of the things that you need to be aware of. Uh, The location finders to me, why do people need to know my location? If I want to find something, I'll turn it on and then I'll go (laughs) find it, which takes me a moment. But I just don't like the idea. I mean, I, I have a hard time with and i'm out there running around doing awful things right no i'm not it's just <laughs> right um, exactly. i don't know there's something about it that makes it a little bit creepy to me but um, you know
0: for for and and you know certainly not going to assume you and i but uh, for my daughter's generation right uh for them it's it's almost uh, a part of life right they want their friends oh, to, yeah. to know where they yeah. are but to your point we have a very you know, robust family conversation about that. And I think that's my last point in terms Mm -hmm. of what we can do to manage the risk, just like you would talk about stranger danger, just like you would talk Mm -hmm. about, Mm -hmm. um, you know, crossing the street, looking both ways, just as you would talk about any of these physical security. Many families have a fire plan for their home. Hey, if something unfortunately happens, here's what we do. Many schools and organizations have a active shooter program, unfortunately. Uh, training. Um, that's mm-hmm. the same thing when it comes to this issue as well, Cheryl. You, you want people to be able to communicate, particularly families, uh, to say, hey, what's our plan and, and, and what's acceptable for our family, up to and including turning off location uh, finders.
1: Excellent advice, having family planning conferences and on cybersecurity. I mean, I wonder how many people actually do that. Um I, you know, that is a that is a, my husband and I have these conversations. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I keep yeah. telling him, Don't use Wi Fi spots that are open, be careful. That's right. So <laughs> I'm afraid I lecture at this point. But let's talk about some of the things that concern and and one of the things that call for action we're big supporters of small business we've been out there in the front when they are when they suffer a consumer problem we help them so you all uh and and some of the things that i've read on your website and some of the press stuff that you put out talk about small businesses and what they need to do to protect themselves especially i would think for startup small businesses who perhaps may not be as sophisticated about uh, security. What what would be some of the advice that you would give?
0: We are very proud of our Cybersecure My Business portfolio at the National Cybersecurity Alliance. It's led by Daniel Elliott who is doing a wonderful job. So Cybersecure My Business is a national program surely helping small and medium sized businesses uh, learn to be safer and more secure online. Now, to an earlier point, you know, small and medium-sized businesses, they are worried about you know, there's a small margin, right, a profit there and, and what they're trying to hit. Uh, cybersecurity probably isn't at the top of their list. However, we're making an argument that it should be because it's a business decision. If consumers and consumers are becoming more savvy about who's protecting my information, who's doing, being the best at uh, treating my information as sensitive information that only that company knows. And so we travel around the com- country helping small and medium-sized businesses understand the urgency first and then providing solutions. And some of those solutions, uh, surely are, are pretty non-technical in nature. For example, one of the first things we advise them to do is to identify, uh, you know, what the digital crown jewels are, right? You know, exactly what kind of assets do you have? Um, You know, what do you need protecting? As you were saying earlier, you know, you have four devices. Well, if you do a, you know, if you identify a few other assets, you probably have more, actually, that you're maybe not counting, right? And that's what we ask small business to do. What are you protecting, right? That's the first thing you have to Mm -hmm. figure out. And secondly, you know, how to protect those assets. Thirdly, how do you detect when something is wrong? Two other things we do. What do you, how do you respond um, you know, to minimize the impact of a of a of an attack, right? How do you implement that action plan? And finally, uh, how do you recover after a breach? So identify, protect, detect, respond, and recover. And these things surely are based on the NIST, right? The National Institute of Standards and Technology, uh, based on the NIST cybersecurity framework. And the framework works really well because NIST brought together so many stakeholders, including the National Cybersecurity Alliance, to say, "Hey, how can we help people understand this issue, prepare for this issue, without it, without being overly technical?"
1: Kelvin, and, you know, where can where can our listeners get infor- Where can our listeners get information on the things you're talking about? Would that be your website?
0: Absolutely. Yes, yeah. StaySafeOnline.org. Uh, so, staysafeonline.org. And everything I'm talking about here today uh, can be found there at that website.
1: So, it's the steps to take whether you're an individual or a business and you're looking at your business perspective uh, as a family. I like your, your conversation about your fa- your discussion about having a conversation in the family about cybersecurity. And I would think that would be particularly true when you start having a smart house. Smart kitchen, smart bathroom, or whatever. Figure out what in the world do you want to reveal on the internet? Because that's basically what you're doing. Am I right?
0: That's exactly what you're doing. If you're not being careful, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. For example, you know, many people have routers in their home to help, um, you know, or networks set up in their home. And if you're roaming on the street or walking on the sidewalk, you can sometimes pick up uh, that network. And you know what you want? You want a passcode or passphrase on that network so that who's ever picking it up can't access it without your permission. I have to get your password. Unfortunately, uh, too many people still have password as the password. (laughs) Uh. I I have such
1: a long password on my Wi-Fi in my house that, believe me, getting to it and putting it in when i have to is an absolute pain so anyway well calvin it this has been a treat talking to you and and hearing the things that you're doing and just simply making us sit back and take a look at what we do so again give us your website please
0: stay dot org and and shirley i'd be remiss if i didn't quickly address when you said it's such a pain to put that passcode in you know, what I tell people, ounce, a ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Oh, it's going to save you
1: lots of pain, right? Oh, it's going to save you Absolutely a right. lot
0: of headache. Kelvin, yeah, right. <laughs> so.
1: you have been a delightful guest. Thank you so much. We've been talking with me, Kelvin Coleman, who's the executive director of the National Cybersecurity Awareness Alliance. And we just want you to be more aware of security online. Thank you.